Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So put on your plaid miniskirt. It's time for... I never saw that. This week we're talking about the 1995 film, Clueless. As if... That's from the movie. That's from the movie Clueless. Is that a quote? It is a direct quote. Mm. Yeah, Clueless. 1995. This was one of the big ones, I feel like. The big ones? This is one of the big ones that I missed, I think. The big ones? Like a big movie that people loved? Hmm. That happened while I was gone. Okay. There are a lot of actors in this movie that went on to do a lot of other things. There are. I recognized a lot of people, I, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I did. I recognized celebrity actors. Namely, Paul Rudd. Yes, Paul Rudd. He is my boyfriend. So. Also, he's, Donald. He's probably going to page me any second. Faison? Faison? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's Faison or Faison, but I did get really excited when I saw him. Another one, Dan Hedaya or Hedaya. Don't know. I think it's Hedaya. Hedaya. He was had already been around for a while, Right, though. right. Um, Just lots of people that I... Well, and Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Mm-hmm. Not part of the I Never Saw That curse. She's been passed away for several years now. She's been passed away. Yes, I think that's the proper way well, to I say that. Well, I guess that does make sense. It's just... Wait, and what's the other... Wallace Shawn? No. Well, okay, but who's the woman who played her best friend? Oh, Stacey Dash. Stacey Dash. Yes. What else? She's done other stuff. Yes, Fox News. What? Um, other Fox shows. Yeah, sorry, she's what? super conservative. No, no, no. But oh, like she's been a guest on Fox News, and she's she's like a regular repeating guest. I think I don't know if she has a show of her own, of her own, but she's on regularly. They like to latch on to those Hollywood conservatives, you know, because they're so oppressed. They let them have a voice finally on Fox News. Well, Fox News is doing God's work. It's like I always say, no news is on Fox News. Yeah. That's... Kind of where I was going with that, actually. So since we've alienated half of our audience now. With what? Just the anti-conservative liberal claptrap we were just spewing. I don't think so. I mean, look, I guess if you're a certain kind of conservative, you're welcome here. But if you're like a Trump conservative, just turn this podcast off. (laughs) It's not for you. You can listen. Just tweet at us. We would really enjoy that. Mm. It'd be a fun adventure for everyone. I mean, everyone. this isn't even a. This is a podcast about pop culture and like a personal experience of mine. But yeah. still, but uh, just how about you don't? We're gonna say things you're not gonna like every once in a while. So why don't you just go watch Roseanne? Oh, sorry, oh, you can't. Guess what? Roseanne got canceled today. We are so excited. <laughs> we have a lot of opinions about it. Should we just talk about that? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, let's talk about Wallace Shawn. Okay. It's he's an in this movie place too. To start. There is another person we haven't mentioned who's in this movie. Wait, he was the teacher, right? Yes. Wallace Shawn was. Is it the guy who plays the stoner kid? No. Hmm. Brecken Meyer. I just pulled that name. Nice work. No, there's one other person we haven't talked about okay. yet. Okay. I'm looking through my notes and I don't see any notes on anyone but Donald Faison and Paul Rudd. We haven't you mentioned really ex- her name at to- all. Alicia Silverstone? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She's the main character in this She's movie. She's in this movie. Alicia Silverstone, do you guys remember her? She, the only thing I ever think about when I think about her is that Aerosmith video mm-hmm. from the early 90s mm-hmm. where she was hotter than a hot AF. I bet you were doing some compulsive masturbating to that one. Nope. I wasn't. We didn't have um, music video channels where I grew up. I didn't have them either, and I have seen that video several times. Are you telling me you haven't seen it? Where her car breaks down, she's like very scantily clad. and I also don't like Aerosmith. How I old was she in that video? I met you, so, now I'm crying. 
I was yeah. five when I met you. Is that what you're saying? Because that's about how old she was. That was bad singing, but yeah. I, I'm actually a good singer. I, Steven Tyler-ish. I want to sing on this podcast sometime. You just did. No, for real singing. Oh. This is all over the place. Anyway, I'm not a big Aerosmith me... fan, so I don't. No, I would you... not have watched that or Becca, seen it. Or we didn't have what? MTV or. You can eat a bag VH1. of dicks. You don't have to like Aerosmith to have seen it. Music. I know. I'm just telling you, then... I didn't see it. I'm trying to explain why or how I didn't. see it. I know, it. and I don't I think that's it. possible. I don't think it's possible. I didn't see a lot of music videos. I think that we might need to pause this right now and go watch it. I'm serious. No, because it's like. The I don't want to masturbate need. the rest of the episode, so we'll do it some other time. Gross. You're the one that brought it up. You said she's all scantily clad, and you I said thought... I probably compulsively masturbated. Well, I thought we'd probably cut that, but now we can't. So, <laughs> good job. Anyway. Yes. Alicia I really don't believe that you've never seen it. It's like impossible for me to believe, but whatever. Okay, we're going to move in, on. And I know. She was in an Aerosmith video, and then... A little while later, well, then she did Clueless, and I don't know what else she's done, but she Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. I think. She gained a little weight a few years later. Yeah. And people were just absolute fucking brutal assholes about it. Uh, Right a few years after this movie, after Clueless? Yeah, I think. Really? Like late 90s? Yeah. Fucking bullshit. She was also in... I'm sad to say I watched this recently, a Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. What? Yeah. She was the mom. In Weird. They like rebooted it, apparently, because our, our son, who you just heard in our last episode, Elliot, loves the Diary of Wimpy Kid books and the movies. Mm-hmm. I have not read the books. They're probably great. I know a lot of kids that love them. They're I think probably they're super definitely better than the movies. The movies are steaming piles of oh. Batman Forever. Like, meaning like... Poop. Yes, poop and orange juice. But she was in it, and it was weird. I can't picture her as a mom. Isn't that funny? It's just because I can only think of her... As scantily clad. I can only think of her from the 90s. But I know she's been in other things since, and I'm sure I've seen her in other things. I just... She's a very 90s figure to me. Um, Oh, Jeremy Sisto was in it, too. Who's that? He was um, the guy that had a crush on... Yeah, the stoner guy. No. Oh. The guy that had a crush on Alicia Silverstone. Oh, the guy that... That tried to force himself on her in the, his Camaro. Gross. He's like Wait, the coolest no, guy in the, the school. What was Brittany Murphy's character's name? Ty. Ty was into him, yes. but he was into Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Uh, or into... Um, what's her name on the in the movie? Oh, Jesus. L? Fuck. I don't think it's Jesus. Fuck. That'd be an odd choice. Anyway, that guy played Billy in Six Feet Under. Yes. That's what I recognize him from, mm-hmm. and he will never... Not creep me the fuck out. Right. That was a super creepy character. Although he had like, he and his sister both had mental I know. He issues. had mental I- health issues, which kind of makes me irritated that they portrayed him that way yeah. since he was like, well, but I also, don't know. A lot of those characters had mental health issues. That he maybe was they were No, he was a genuinely yeah. fucking creepy dude. Aside from that, separate from their oh, mental health man. issues as a family. Also, one more piece of trivia. If you have listened to our podcast, you might know this. And if, you, if you're if you new, welcome, unless you voted for Trump. <laughs> Actually, it's been a real roller coaster ride for you so far if this is your first episode. I had to be a boy. I sure wouldn't come back to this. If, <laughs> <laughs> if this was, I I just, your response right there was the perfect response. I just jumped in. Yeah, we've been all over the map on this one, but. It might get we, better. We, it used to be better. We could say that. It's been better. At, yeah. In At moments. times, yeah. Anyway, we watched all of My So-Called Life, and I fucking loved it. And Micah gave me a couple books as gifts about the show. And anyway, one of them talked about the fact that Alicia Silverstone was originally considered for the part of An- Angela Chase. Oh, yes, I remember that. But she was not chosen. Because she was too Partially because beautiful. she was too pretty, yeah. Because it would have been too distracting or something like that like she wouldn't have been as complex a character Mm. which is kind of fucked up when you think about it you know that a woman's looks like i guarantee they weren't taking that in consideration with the boys they cast you don't think you know what i mean they saw jordan catalano and said oh he's dreamy 
and cast him because Jared he was Leto. beautiful. No, I do. But I also think that he could have been played by a less conventionally beautiful person and they would have been fine with it. Maybe, you know what I'm but he wouldn't I'm have saying, been Jordan Catalano. I'm saying they wouldn't, wouldn't have, have not cast someone based on their looks if it was a dude. Hmm. You disagree with me on that. Is that what you're telling me? No, you? I mean, I think not, it's not at the same level as women, obviously, are judged on their looks. But I think men are definitely judged on their looks when casting uh, characters yeah. for a TV yes. show or something. Right. But Brian Krakow, as cute as he is, could not have played Jordan Catalano in the same way. Not Brian Krakow, but the actor who played Brian Krakow. Mm-hmm. We should know his name, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Devin. <gasps> yeah. One of the Smith? Devins. Devin, one of them is Devin Smith? No? Nope. Fuck. Anyway, who cares? Um, I mean, I care. I do care because I love those people because I love those characters. Have I ever told you how much I love Wilson Cruz? I think that's been covered here. Okay. Anyways. We were talking about said Clueless. literally <laughs> nothing about the movie Clueless. We've talked about the cast and thrown in bits and bobs here and there. I don't, I don't remember any bobs. Mm. You said you wanted to talk about Wallace Shawn. Why did you want to? Did we already? I just always like well, that was talking it. about Wallace Shawn. That was it pretty much. Okay. He plays a teacher. This is kind of how the whole movie starts off. Cher is a rich. Cher, that's her girl name. Girl in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Her father's a very powerful lawyer. She goes to this high school and she's the most popular kid in the school. She sets up her two of her teachers because she sees that one of their teachers is unhappy or something. I don't remember why or what spurs it. Is it for grades? She wants... Yeah, it's because she and her friend, Stacy Dash, mm-hmm. who I can't remember her name in the movie. Do you know her name <laughs> from the no. movie? It'll come to us. We watched this, I promise. Anyway, her they decide that their teacher, did they decide he needs to get laid or she does? I think he, because okay. she got her grades and they weren't great. Dee? What's up? Did you get your report card? Yeah, I'm toast. How'd you do? I totally choked. My father is going to go ballistic on me. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. Well, he gave me a C, which drags down my entire average. And she gets really good grades. She's a very high achiever. Mm -hmm. She's planning to go to Harvard, maybe? Fuck. Can I just make a confession? It's been a while since we've watched this movie. Like, we are behind on recording. Normally, we watch something and we try to record about it within, you know, a couple days. But we got behind on this one. That's a little peek behind the boring old curtain. (laughs) Yeah. It's exciting. It's just me, the Wizard of Oz. You know, because there was no, like, great Uh powerful wizard. It was just a guy. Behind the curtain. There's yep. just a guy behind the curtain. That's and that's, that that's, what, comes from. that's what this is. Is Well, yeah. So this moment in our podcast will become as... I see. So you were saying that I was just explaining the phrase, the I was, cliche, No, my point was that the idiom. literally no one has been less interested in what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, what I was trying to fucking say is... Yeah, you're right. She... He gave her a bad grade on something. She got a couple bad grades, and she tries to, she's trying to raise her grades. And one of the ways she thinks she can make him happier is to get him laid. And then, yeah, because she and Stacey Dash decide he needs to get laid. And, and then, then she'll try to get a better grade out of him. Um, so she hooks, she tries to set up two of her teachers, and she's very successful. They do a great job. And so that kind of spurs all the rest of the stuff in the movie. She plays matchmaker. Yeah. But the whole movie. Is satire. Yes. And it's also based on Emma, which I didn't realize for a while. That's right. I meant to watch Emma before we did this episode, but once again, I fucking screwed the pooch. So I had a little trouble. Emma by Jane Austen, by the way. I had a little trouble accessing this at first because they're super, super rich, popular kids in Beverly Hills. And I know it's supposed to be satire and it's supposed to be... You're not supposed to, like, identify with them right away. But, like, she's driving her Jeep down the road and running into things and not stopping. And (laughs) then you find out that she's only 15 and she's a terrible driver and she doesn't care or understand really why that's a problem. Did I show you the lumped out Jeep Daddy got me? It's got four-wheel drive, dual side airbags, and a monster sound system. I don't have a license yet, but I need something to learn on. Boy, they came out of nowhere. 
hilarious. Right, but I don't really give a shit about these people. I just kind of hate them in a way. You're supposed to. That's the point. That's why it's satire. Yes. You're not supposed to connect with these characters. They're supposed to be rich, obnoxious, yeah, at, at, like clueless right. <laughs> people. Not. It's not like 90210 where they took themselves very seriously. Right. But then I realized, oh, this is based on, it's like, this is like a Shakespeare remake, like a high school set Shakespeare remake, like some of those other right. films that have done that. And then I looked it up and it was based on Emma. Um, which is probably based on a Shakespeare play or... Which I haven't read. I'm not going to try to act like I'm I actually haven't the either. super well-read person. But I did read a little blurb about how this movie was based on it. Let's hear it. It says, it is loosely based on Jane Austen's 1815 novel, Emma updating the setting to modern-day Beverly Hills. The film's director, Heckerling, Amy Heckerling, she did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, okay. Studied real Beverly Hills high school students to get the lingo and feel for how real teens in the 1990s talked. The famous quote, as if, came from Heckerling's study of these teens. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was funny because Ty, Ty makes a comment at one point. She's the new kid. Yeah, Ty is Brittany Murphy. So she moves into town from... Where's she from? I don't know. Anyway, she moves into town and she is hanging out with Cher and Stacy Dash's character. And she introduces, she's, they are introducing her to all these other people in the school. Like these are the popular kids. These are the skaters and these are the, I don't know, the, what does she say? The, the Greek mafia or something? No, the, I don't know what the Persian about. mafia she talks about. Like Ooh. these, I don't Hi. know, fancy rich guys with really nice cars. Oh, they're she's, telling, I'm sorry. Th she's telling, they're telling Ty about all the cliques in school. And I think Donald Faison comes over and says something to Stacy Dash, who's his girlfriend, and they're talking. And Ty says, you guys talk like grownups, which I thought too, like the dialogue felt really strange to me. So it's weird to hear that Amy Heckerling hung out with a bunch of Beverly Hills teens to get the lingo. Dion. Stacy Dash's character's name is Dion. Micah just looked it up. Hey, Shan. Dion and I were both named after great singers of the past who now do infomercials. Thank you, Micah. It was driving me crazy. So we have Cher and Dion. And then Ty is the new kid. Mm -hmm. And then um, Dion's boyfriend is Donald Faison, who I forget his name. And then Paul Rudd is the stepbrother who still Cher's hangs out at the house, even though Cher's dad is divorced from... His mom. His mom. Oh, I've been wanting to say this, that when Cher introduces Dion at the beginning, she says, Here's where Dion lives. She's my friend because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us. Which I thought was hilarious. I actually found this movie quite funny at a lot of points i i really didn't have any expectations walking into it i i didn't realize it was as satirical as it was mm -hmm. i mean it's obviously i mean the movie is called clueless so clearly it's not taking itself seriously but yeah there was I a mean, gag there, were... there was a gag at the beginning that repeated several times um when she was introducing different cliques or when it was just showing different people at the high school and she was describing her school and her world. So many of the girls had huge like bandages over their noses. Oh, right. From rhinoplasty. Yeah. And they just kept showing that over and over and over. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's what I mean. Like that kind of shit I found really, really funny. And things like Jeremy Sisto's character at one point asks to leave class because he's like, yeah, I can't find my cranberry CD. I gotta go to the quad before somebody snags it. <laughs> like, I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but it was. And then there was a suicide attempt from a first floor window. Do you remember that? No. It's at the beginning, and I don't remember if it's Cher or the stoner kid or who it is. I don't who remember Who tries that to at jump all. out of the window. Anyway. Speaking of the cranberries, there was a lot of good 90s music in this yeah damn right there was um it starts out i think during the credits kids of america by the muffs oh man there's a cover 
Looking out a dirty old window Outside the cars in the city go rushing by I sit here alone and I wonder why Supergrass, there was a Supergrass song in here There was also Cindy Lauper, which is not from the 90s But yeah, the Cranberries, I don't know if the Cranberries even played in the movie oh, I don't know, probably not Mighty Mighty Boston's played in a scene at the yep. end, like at a dance, um, which there was some counting crows you also. told me not to Make be a pretentious of. dick about, so I'm not going to say anything about okay. how much I hate the Mighty Mighty let Boston's. Me, let me challenge you again. Mm-hmm. The counting crows were in this movie. I'm sorry. I think my headphones just cut out. I didn't hear what you said. Well, that's good. Let's talk about Paul Rudd because it's one of my favorite topics. Okay. He's so cute. So fucking cute. He, uh, when they first show him... He's wearing an Amnesty International shirt, or maybe that's not when they first show him, but anyway, at some point he's wearing an Amnesty International shirt, and then later he's reading Nietzsche, like, out by the pool. Yeah, He's the college student. Everyone in this film is either a a stereotype of a college student or a stereotype of a certain type of student in a clique in high school. But very intentionally, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, and I kind of, the whole, the Paul Rudd storyline, actually really fucking irritated me i didn't like that part of the movie i love him and i liked his character just fine except there was no reason why he would be into her well the whole final scene explains why he's into her doesn't he say i didn't take notes on this part but they're sitting in the stairs and i guess he explains that he realizes she's been doing all these good things for other people and she's more than just right right and that is what ultimately in the end share i guess what i'm saying is i wish they would have just stayed with comedy stuck with comedy instead Mm. of suddenly trying to make it a movie about something (laughs) i he sees the other side he sees the good in her Mm. and he sees the other side of her and she is good and she does all these great things for people and she realizes where she's been wrong and she stops caring about blah 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 i just i just wish it wouldn't have gone that way but i i really didn't think that they were a good it did it I know he explains it at the end. It still didn't make sense to me. To me, it seemed like he should be more into Ty. Or maybe into you. Or someone like that. Is that where you're... Is there a little jealousy going on, Jen? Micah. (laughs) Micah. How dare you? (laughs) I know he's into me. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry. I don't feel insecure about that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I just... It really irritated me. It was like... Why? 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 Why this storyline? Why can't they just be good buddies? Why can't he come to appreciate her without it being this fucking romantic Well, thing? because it's based on a Jane Austen film. Well, and not a film, but yeah. A book. Film. Well, there is a film, too. Yeah. <gasps> Which also is came also out. in our timeline, yes. so you know what? We're going to talk about that, too. But anyway, it, I don't know. It just made no sense to me, and it bothered me. I hated it. But all movies have to have love interests and tension and i mean have you ever that's the thing is that they don't (sighs) they're all farcical love comedies oh i know and that's definitely what this was and it did achieve that purpose but i still just didn't buy it at the end oh and um (laughs) at one point during the watching of this movie i looked up paul rudd on imdb i don't remember why and i just stared at a photo of him for a while and then I had to rewind the movie. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I was watching the Aerosmith video while you were doing that. <laughs> yeah. The one you haven't seen. No, I've never seen wink. that. But, okay, here's the problem I had also with the end of it is that when it all of a sudden became this sincere movie, it was a bunch of sexist drivel about how ladies just want to get married. Which is very typical Jane Austen as well, but but update it. Jane Austen, you know, she lived in the, you know, in the Stone Age and in the seventies, right? In the, she wrote her books in the seventies, the nineteen seventies. Yeah, before no, this was, movie came out, she was like BC, I mm, think. Yeah, like before Clueless. I get it. <laughs> also, I do want to point out if this is your first episode that you're listening to of our podcast, we're not coming off as sounding real smart. Well, we're not real smart. Which I guess maybe that's true. Just kidding. Um, we're so smart. <laughs> as if. By the way, that voice and talking like that does not mean you're not smart. 
I listened to an episode of this great podcast you all should listen to. It's called The Vocal Fries. I'm really, it's so cool because it's about linguistic discrimination oh. and the ways that we discriminate against people. And it's like very qualified people. One of them at least has a PhD in linguistics and they're funny and it's two women and I really, really like it. And the episode I listened to today, which is appropriate for the movie that we're talking about, was about the word like mm. and how it became this part of our vernacular that we identified with valley girls mm -hmm. and well yeah it became a hollywood trope it was right and clueless was one of those things but but it was it happened way before that in fact they were talking about scooby-doo oh you're thinking of valley girl yeah movie? yeah which we should watch soon I... but it doesn't fit in our no, thing so we I... won't talk about it but yeah. that movie's good anyway uh they talked about the shaggy character on scooby-doo and how he you know he says like a lot he always says like and he's like an idiot and oh and yeah. he's like a well he basically is a stoner dude. yeah i mean like like i'm hungry scoob that's pretty good it wasn't but you guys get the got idea. a regular casey Kasem here in the studio with me was he a good oh he was shaggy yeah the original shaggy yeah he did the voice mm. anyway check out that podcast but i just want to put that out there because i have definitely been guilty of all kinds of linguistic discrimination and this is one of them for sure. Like people who say like a lot. And I say like a lot too. Anyway, just listen to their podcast. I don't want to try to explain it to you. Vocal Shh. fries. The vocal fries. The vocal fries. Oh, Radiohead was also in this movie. So that is cool. <laughs> so I'm going to just, can I just read through my notes a little bit? Mm -hmm. I know maybe people are annoyed when I do that, but I feel like I'm having a hard time finding a, like a thread to follow so i'll read some stuff and you can respond oh elton elton was uh billy's name jeremy sisto's name thank you yeah if anybody's having trouble following this episode of i never saw that go watch six feet under and <laughs> some fox news and an aerosmith video some scooby-doo <laughs> and it should all come together It'll Here's a question sense. I have. Okay, so it's satire. So my question for you is, where do we draw the line between satire and, like, s using stereotypes? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they're using stereotypes. I guess what I'm asking is, are some of the stereotypes that they relied on in this movie, w was it funny? Is it okay? Is it not okay? I don't have the answers. So you think you're saying some of them they're they're using and pointing out that they're stereotypes and we need to think more deeply about these characters that we're stereotyping and others maybe they're using in a problematic way and not analyzing. Right. Like we I mean pointing out our, the one that yeah. we analyze in this movie is the white girl, mm -hmm. the rich white girl who is more than she seems. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But I'm thinking particularly about, like, Donald Faison's character, who is, like, especially in the beginning, he's a, he's a very stereotypical portrayal of a black kid. Ooh. Woman, why don't you be answering any of my pages? I hate can you call me woman. Where you been all weekend? What's up? You jeeping behind my back? You know, his pants are, like, down to his knees almost. He's, I don't know. I don't even remember what else made me think that. But I thought, okay, so I get that it's supposed to be over the top and funny but was it that over the top and funny? i don't know maybe it wasn't i mean that's another question i don't know maybe it wasn't you didn't notice no i thought he that? was just he just dressed the way he i mean he didn't dress like the other popular boys when there was that click of the popular boys yes. standing around but he was friends with all of them right. i mean that's one thing i kind of liked about this movie is that like her best friend is stacy dash an african-american woman elton is like the most popular boy in the school but this other guy who's the most popular boy in the school is this, like, African-American boy who dresses like... Donald Faison. Yeah, who just dresses in, like, clothes that are, yeah. like, hip-hop inspired and... Totally. No, I don't... It, yeah, there was just something... I don't know. He was... <laughs> I mean, I thought he was really funny and hilarious and cute. Yeah. Uh, but I... I don't know. I guess I think that they walked the line of some stereotypes. Mm-hmm. There was a gay character. Yes. Um, shares love interest for a little while. This guy that she falls in love with who... 
Christian. Is oh yeah, from the he's 50s. a new kid too. Yeah, he's like a new kid shows up and he he looks oh like um James Dean? No. Oh. Luke Perry. Luke Perry. She right. mentions and that she's she super loves into, Luke Perry. She says she's saving herself for Luke Perry. <laughs> and he shows up and he looks just like Luke Perry but like way shorter and but then he becomes less like Luke Perry and more just super into the 50s and being a he just is like really cool. He's trying to be super cool. Yeah. And they go to a dance together or something or a date. They go on a date together yeah. and then they go back to her house and she's trying to put the moves on him and he's like, gotta go. Yeah. He's like out of there really quickly. So it was, I mean, it was clear before that to me that he was gay, but. It wasn't clear to her. I have very But she finds out and that starts her her downfall when she realizes that she's not the most popular girl in school anymore and this boy wasn't into her. Right, because Ty is now the most popular girl, Brittany yeah. Murphy, who when she first shows up, she's like this kind of nerdy, super adorable artist type. And I this is another thing that was funny to me that why would they why did they take an interest in her? Cuz she was a project. Yeah. They wanted so to that was make an, her cool. That was an interesting thing that i also felt i had mixed feelings about because part of me was like you know they're not really mean girls Mm -hmm. they talk shit about different groups of people and stuff but they're not mean that i remember to anyone specifically like Cher is not really a mean girl which i really kind of appreciated and the way that they take in tie i mean it's super fucked it's like they're just trying to change who she is and mm-hmm. her personality and that part is like fuck you but she ha- she somehow thought that she was doing this nice thing for her for ty mm-hmm. so what do you think i'm amazed that i'm devoting myself so generously to someone else no that you found someone even more clueless than you are to worship you i am rescuing her from teenage hell do you know the wounds of adolescence can take years to heal yeah and you've never had a mother so you're acting out on that poor Ugh. girl like she was your barbie doll Freshman psych rears its ugly head. Hey, I am not taking psych. Whatever. I'm going to take that lost soul in there and make her well-dressed and popular. Her life will be better because of me. How many girls can say that about you? Anyway, so then Ty, Ty is at first super into this guy whose name is... Travis Birkenstock. <laughs> the, the classroom scene. Oh, this is another just quick stereotype, too, where the teacher was talking about how many tardies they had and he's like so and so no tardies and they show the asian girl and then travis birkenstock who's this slacker 38 tardies and it was kind of funny but that's sort of that was the point when i was like yeah it's making fun of this that stereotype i think but also and also trading on it yeah yeah the funny part about that scene to me though too was when he gets up and gives the acceptance speech because he thinks that it's a great thing that he has the most tardies. Travis Birkenstock, 38 tardies, by far the most tardies in the class. Congratulations. So unexpected. I uh, I didn't even have a speech prepared. Uh, But I would like to say this. Tardiness is not something you can do all on your own. Many, many people contributed to my tardiness. Uh, I'd like to thank my parents for never giving me a ride to school, the L.A. City bus driver for taking a chance on an unknown kid, and uh, last but not least, the wonderful crew at McDonald's for spending hours making those Egg McMuffins, without which I might never be tardy. He he was dumb and at the beginning. He was a big stoner and like oh, yeah, and then he skater, quits. and then yeah, and he is adorable though, and I. I was so so that is one way that they are mean. Like Cher and yeah. Dion were mean was that they kept telling Ty that this guy was a fucking loser. They didn't say fucking, I don't think, but he he's a, a loser. Mm. He's a burnout. He's a brain dead low life was a term they used. And he was so sweet and they were perfect for each other. And then he does he quits smoking weed at the end. Yeah. And he gets, he gets really good at skateboarding. Yeah. I just wrote down my last note on here. Skateboards get rad. And I forgot it was awesome. what yeah. that was about. But then he's in a skateboard competition. That's what and... it was about. Yeah. One other... And of course... Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, you go ahead. No, just Ty turns into an asshole for a while. Yes. Because she becomes the popular girl. And she has all this power. And she's starting to make everything about her. And she ignores 
Travis Birkenstock. Because there's a an incident that happens at the mall where these two guys are kind of hitting uh, on her and then they pick her up and like hold her over the balcony. It's really fucked up. And so everybody at school hears about it and she becomes the most popular girl because she has this scary story and she can talk about how her life flashed before her eyes and all this stuff and everyone's giving her tons of attention. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Cher is being ignored and that's when she sort of just starts doing good deeds instead of worrying about it. What happens to Dion at that point? I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway. There is the great scene where Donald Faison is letting Dion drive his car and kind of teaching her to drive because mm-hmm. they're oh, all... is that the freeway scene? Yes. Oh, she my God. She accidentally gets on the freeway. Yeah, you're getting on the freeway. What? No, turn right. Oh, get out of the oh, lane. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Okay. 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 Get the procedure. Just oh. get out of the lane. <laughs> Whatever you do, keep your hands off the wheel at all times. It made me laugh out loud. I mean, I really laughed hard at that scene because he's so funny mm-hmm. it was it's it was very i thought it was hilarious it's really good it's, it's ridiculous really good. but it's really yes. good another thing when ty first gets there she's all grateful that Cher and dion want to be friends with her and she's like shit you guys i've never had straight friends before <laughs> <laughs> funny too and cute so elton played by jeremy sisto did do he and Cher go on a date or is he just giving her a ride home? He's giving her a ride home. So okay. she is clueless about this throughout the movie. Um that he's but into he her. is into her and he is always like trying to kiss her and like Yeah. play with her hair and rub her shoulders and stuff. He's um, a na- he's a gross dude. He's an asshole. And right? she yeah, they're leaving yeah. a party and he insists that he give her a ride home and then he tries oh. to kiss her and stuff and she gets out and Oh, right. And that was the scene where Ty was hoping to hook up with him. Mm -hmm. And he was flirting with Ty all night, but he is absolutely not interested in Ty. Yes. So he takes her home and then he forces a kiss on her, um, which I was like, well, at least she didn't like it. You know, like a lot of movies back then, it was like this boy you're not really into, but he forces himself on you and you're like, oh, I love it. Fuck that. Cut it out. Come on. Stop it! And then he leaves her in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. In, in the, the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I didn't think that part was satirical enough <laughs> for me. Well, it was like just. She, she did get mugged. And she. Oh, that's right. She got mugged was, right after that, too. I keep saying this, but she was totally clueless about it and just. <laughs> right. She, yeah, she did not seem to think it was a big deal. She was mugged at gunpoint. Yeah. I'm saying the part where he leaves, where he forces his, a kiss on her mm-hmm. and then leaves her in the middle of nowhere. Well, they're in the it valley. Se- it was... It's not the middle of nowhere for any of our listeners who live in the valley. It's a very nice, oh, there nice was, part of there is a Southern line California. Where someone says something about Kuwait. And I think the stoner dude is like, where's Kuwait? Is that in the valley? <laughs> and I also laughed out loud at that. <laughs> oh, there's also a part. This is just, oh, this must have been at the party. They were at where someone was barfing into a, oh, that a was swimming so pool. Gross. <laughs> also so made me laugh disgusting. out loud. That's so funny. No, I don't know why gross. that's so funny, but it's like why barf into the pool? <laughs> why oh, there were people in like, the pool. Anywhere else would be better, you know. Barf uh. on the cement, or you know, go find a bush. Barf down your own shirt. It'd be better than barfing into the pool. Can we talk about barf more? We probably could. I don't want Oh, to. and that's when he is singing along. So not during the barfing scene, but when they're in the car, that's when he's singing along to the cranberries and it's so painful mm-hmm. and hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Turn away, turn away, turn away. Um, but yeah, basically she's the girl that gets left at the gas station because she wouldn't hook up with the boy who was mad at her because he claims that she flirted with him and mm-hmm. he claims that she owes him something. You know, I don't get you, Cher. I mean, you flirt with me all year. As if. But then, then she gets mugged. But the mugging scene was funny. Uh, it was clearly played for laughs that she had a gun to her head and she was worried about her dress she was wearing, which was this very fancy, some famous designer dress. 
Hey, all, everybody, intercourse is not the only kind of sex. That's just me putting a PSA out there. <laughs> this is a new segment we're doing. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah. PSA time. Intercourse is not the only definition of sex. So perhaps we should redefine that. I'm not going to give you any context about it because I don't care enough. I think I know what the context is, but they actually talk about this in the film. What? Ty and Cher and whatever Stacey Dash's character's name is, Dion, are at a little diner and they're talking about sex. Losing their virginity yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and she, Cher is a virgin and Ty says, you're a virgin who can't drive. She thinks that's really <laughs> funny. And Dion also says she's a virgin, but only in the way that counts or something or only that one way. Like she takes care of her man in other ways, but she's still a virgin. Right. I guess so. Yeah. I guess my what I'm saying is we need to define, redefine our definition of virginity. Yeah. It's just silly that intercourse is what we define it by when they're just, it's weird. But yes, she did make a comment about basically she's giving blowjobs or something. Something. Well, it's a classy movie, so they don't spell it out for us. B-L-O-W-J-O-B-S. Like that? Yeah. The world's dirtiest spelling bee just happened. (laughs) Spelling bee? Yeah. Give me another one. Cunnilingus. Uh Uh-oh. C-U-N-N-I-L-I-N-G-U-S. I I think that's right. Judges? (laughs) There's a quote about... You think the death of Sammy Davis opened up a spot in the Rat Pack? Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yes, because Cher's boyfriend, Christian, is that his name? Christian, not her boyfriend, but the gay well, dude. Yeah, who... the, the dude that she is into and wants to be her boyfriend, and they go on a few dates, and she's confused about the whole situation. Um, he shows up, and I think Paul Rudd says that to him, because he's oh, wearing, he's all like right. 50s, he has a little fedora, and he's like the short little jacket, and... That's right. Yeah. I have one more comment, and then I would like you to talk for a while. I don't have anything else about this movie to talk about. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't There's have anything So much notes. to say about this movie. Well, then say it. My God. So how high level was this movie? How high, like, how far did the satire go? And this is why I asked this question, because do you remember the scene at the dance? The dance scene at the high school? Yeah. The music was so quiet. In that scene. And you could hear every time every foot hit the floor. And it felt almost like, is this supposed to be funny? Is this making fun of bad movies that make bad scenes like this? Because this is terrible. I think the mix was just bad. They wanted you to be able to hear the dialogue and stuff. And so it was just a terrible... It was awful. Like, all I could think was, oh, they filmed this without music. Because I can imagine it. Because all I can hear... The feet hitting the floor was louder were louder than yeah. the music well thank god because that's the scene that the mighty mighty bustones were in and they were annoying enough to look at in the scene i think it was just the mix was bad but i don't know maybe we should get the criterion collection blu-ray version and watch it again and find out if there's a better surround sound mix on there you know mm-hmm, sure lucy you know i don't speak mexican she says that to the woman who Cher says that to her housekeeper oh it's too late now Oh, and um, we got another notice from the fire department saying that we have to clear out the bush. You said you were going to get Jose to do it. He here got it anyway. You don't thin it. Lucy, you know I don't speak Mexican. I not the Mexican. Great. What was that all about? Lucy's from El Salvador. So? It's an entirely different country. Oh, what does that matter? You get upset if someone thinks you live below Sunset. Which means Sunset Boulevard, and I was really excited about that because we used to live in Los Angeles, and... It's kind of fun when I get those references. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sunset. I have an image of what that means. I can, you know. Yeah. Paul Rudd's so cute. Well, thanks for listening to <laughs> I Never Saw That. Sporadicus. <laughs> Excuse me? Sporadicus. Did you hear me that time? <laughs> yeah. It's something someone said that made me laugh. So I was hoping you might trigger him. I wrote, uh... I wrote down Sporadicus. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, so in the end, uh, the best part of the end is that Ty does end up dating skater dude, Birkenstock guy, and Sharon and Paul Rudd end up together. What else happens at the end? I actually don't remember the very end. Of course, everybody has to pair up and be in love. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Try to come up with a question for me 
that relates to this movie about Montana. First thing that comes to your mind. How many of the girls you were with engaged in compulsive masturbation after watching Clueless <laughs> when you guys were in Montana? Oh, it'd be such a better movie to masturbate to. I mean, at least it's it's an okay movie. I actually <laughs> liked it. I liked this movie. Oh, let's do ratings and then we can that's a good wrap up. Okay. So we're I think we're sticking with our thumbs system, are we not? Two thumbs. Four thumbs. Because we each have two. Right. We have to explain this every time. Micah I only have two thumbs though. Micah's moving his thumbs around a lot in a weird a weird way. Well, it's because you never know where they're going to stop. It's like on game shows when things are moving around and you're like, where is it going to stop? Where is it going to stop? Mm-hmm. Except nobody can see them. So it's just me saying, where is it going to stop? I enjoyed this movie uh, more than I expected to. I definitely enjoyed it more than I would have when I was a kid because I would have been super annoyed with these characters. Yeah. I was, I think, I think I would have been, I would have just thought, fuck these pretty valley girls or maybe not maybe i would have seen the humor in it but anyway that's, i really enjoyed it that's kind of how i felt throughout a lot of the film like why yeah, do you i still care feel that way about yeah. these people no not so much i just i it took me a long time to get past that mm-hmm. yeah see i immediately saw it as well you're not supposed to care about this person not until right. later the opening scene is her driving like an absolute asshole and the narration is yeah which is funny ridiculous and really funny Anyway, I'm going to give this one thumb up, one thumb half. Interesting. Because I mostly I mostly thought it was pretty good. Although I may be forgetting stuff that bothered me about it because it's been a while since we watched it. <laughs> but right now in my memory, what I remember is that it made me laugh a lot. The reason that the other thumb is half is because I feel like there were some problematic things in there that just made me a little bit uncomfortable. But it's easy to just let it slide as like yeah, because you can say oh it's satire, so maybe it's okay. But I don't know. There were and most of it actually, I did feel like it worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were just some moments that I struggled with. So one and a half thumbs. I'm also giving it one and a half thumbs. (gasps) Interesting. It is interesting. I thought it was funny. There were a lot of funny moments. Alicia Silverstone is really great in it. She's she is yeah. It's like what I think of her. Right. When I think of her, that's like her. I think like of Aerosmith and you think of this. Yeah. Everyone, actually everyone <laughs> thinks of this, I think. Yeah. Um, and it had a lot of funny scenes, like the car driving scene oh, and so some of the other things. I I guess I was thinking, I was expecting you to give it two thumbs up. And so I was thinking one and a half, I was going to have to justify, but I just didn't <sighs> feel a whole lot about this movie. Like I didn't feel a lot of feelings about it. It was just kind of like, oh, funny. Yeah. No, that's all it was for me. It wasn't, it tried to get all sincere and deep at the end. And I mean, I I don't know. There A little bit of it worked, but that was not what I liked about the movie. Hmm. What I liked was the satirical comedy parts of it and Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd. fucking yeah. adorable. And Brittany Murphy's adorable too. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sad that she died. One last thing I did think was very... This was the part I did find sincere and endearing and not in a forced way was Cher's relationship with her dad. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty sweet. He was really, I don't know. I thought he he was kind of sweet. I always like him and he's he was so gross in Cheers. <laughs> That's right. Nick he Tortelli. Played, yeah. Carla's ex-husband. Yeah. And I never, It's it's funny, like growing up, watching Cheers, I knew him as that character and I didn't like him. Like he was gross because you're not supposed to. He's gross, but he's funny. As an adult, I can watch it and and like appreciate him as an actor in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like him in other things that aren't like that because he is Nick Tortelli to me. Mm-hmm. So when I see him cast as a successful lawyer and... You know, it doesn't work with my image of this person. And it's Uh not because he's like swarthy and Italian or anything like that. It's because he's Nick Tortelli. Like I'll always see him as that. Some people are just cemented in your mind that way. Funny. He's like hilarious. Well, he is funny. In that role. But yeah. And he's so, he is really good. I like him. I think he's a really underrated actor. Yeah. I thought he was great. I mean, I'm not saying he's an incredible actor and has a huge amount of range, but he's, he's funny 
and he's always good. I mean, all the actors in this were good, I thought. Yeah. All right. Well, three out of four thumbs. That is by far our best rating of the things that we've rated with our thumbs. Wow. We need to watch more things and because rate them with our thumbs. we have watched some terrible things. Clueless is on top right now. Clueless. Thank God for Clueless. I, it was so nice to watch a movie that I didn't just fucking hate sitting through. <laughs> I'm serious. The last few have been rough. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Uh, this was a meandering shit show of an episode. <laughs> if you like that kind of thing, maybe try us again. Yeah. Unlike Clueless, which I feel like was actually a pretty well-constructed story film with a strong narrative yeah like little subplots that work together it mm -hmm. all tied up really well much like a jane austen novel. i don't know why this was such a fucking nightmare this to talk what, about was... well it wasn't amazing but it was competent well thank you very much for listening again please interact with us on facebook we have a facebook group you can search on facebook for i never saw that yeah we we, we really really love it when people join that group it's a lot of fun and we do interact in there a lot. We also have an Instagram account where you can look at pictures that we put up there related to things we talk about. Mm-hmm. At I Never Saw That. And we have a Twitter account where Jen tweets often. At... <laughs> you think I tweet too much? No. I think you tweet the right amount for tweeting. At Never Saw That Pod is our Twitter handle. And So tweet at us. And... <laughs> People do sometimes tweet at us, so, and more often the longer we do this. So the joke isn't as funny, but it, I still find it really funny, and I think it should be a thing that you say in every single episode. I'll try. People are going to tweet at us. Yeah. I usually say it when I think people are going to get mad at us for something. So tweet at us about how we missed the point about the Mighty Mighty Boston's music being really quiet in the dance scene. Okay. Please, someone tweet at us about that. Tweet at Micah about what a fucking snob he is about music. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. And I'll subtweet you to all eight of my followers. Subtweet. Okay. Is that a... Th what does that mean? It's a thing. It means something to people I, Are you thinking of subreddit? Twitter a lot. It's a different no, thing. I'm not. Okay. It might be a thing. I don't know. I don't it is really a thing. know anything about... Okay. You look, you look real dumb right I now. Got some, I got some egg all over my face. Tweet at Jen about it. I got crow all over my face. That's what I said recently when I I got two metaphors, confused egg on my face and ate crow, you know? Yeah, we all got it. Okay. You oh. got that crow on your face again. God, can we end this? <laughs> Thank you to Minus Violet for our music. Thank you to Fifi Folios for setting up all our internet thingamajigs. Thank you to Graham McRae for our artwork. Until next time. See, see you in, in the, the 90s. 90s. Looking out a dirty old window Outside the cars in the city go rushing by I sit here alone and I wonder why